This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 96 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Y'all must forgot, Blueberry Markets, best Forex broker out there. If you click the link down below in the description, it will take you to the blog. It will tell you everything you need to know. If you click my affiliate link on the blog, here's what you're getting. Not only the world's best customer service, but your own personal customer service representative who is exclusive to my clients. And a cashback bonus that is twice as much as you would have gotten at this point in time last year. And I'm telling you, traders, the satisfaction levels here are off the charts. Of all the people I've had sign up to Blueberry Markets, we have probably had one, maybe two unsatisfied customers who have not gotten their problems resolved, or at least didn't feel like they did. And this is going to happen everywhere, but uh, that exceeded even my expectations. Now, if you are a U.S. citizen, you cannot sign up for Blueberry Markets, unfortunately, but you know i got a place for you to go as well. Click that link down below if this applies to you. One side note also on the Bybit airdrop this month. Uh, it will no longer be Uniswap. They told me, hey, we need to simplify our accounting a little bit. You can't just run around and go picking any token like that. So it's going to be USDT instead of UNI this month, uh, which is fine. You can just take your tether and go spend it on whatever you want. But please make note of that change as well. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and we have not done a dedicated silver episode since back in October of 2022. Uh, back, by the way, when silver is right around $17, $18, I don't quite recall. But we are sitting at $25 per troy ounce of silver, USD, right now. Exciting times in the kingdom. Uh, and even though the title of this episode is Silver Warning, there will be a warning. I'm going to save it towards the end, but we also need to go over the bull cases as well because there are many. And then you can listen to both sides and then decide what you want to do from here. Uh, also, by the way, before I forget, because I will forget, if you are listening to this on YouTube or if you just want to go over to YouTube, go to the comments section. Uh, let us know where you're at with Silver. Assuming you have some in your possession, whether, whether it's physical silver or an ETF or silver mining stocks, now I want to get a bit of a read as to where people are at here. Because to me, this is one of the most exciting investments out there, and that includes all of the crypto world. And even though you guys are my loyal contrarians, I still wonder how many of you, percentage-wise, actually have exposure here. You know, these episodes do not get the engagement that some of the crypto episodes or some of the, especially some of the doom porn episodes do. And you guys know I'm not a numbers guy. Like, I'll talk about whatever is relevant at the time, regardless of what it is. Um, but I am curious to see where you guys are at. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, maybe pause the episode and go down below. Um, but overall demand has been just off the charts lately. If you guys follow this, you know, premiums for silver coins are really, really high again. Like in some cases, over 90%. And if something like this discourages you from buying physical silver, uh, fear not. Uh, we will talk about alternatives in a moment. Uh, but the prevailing thought is, and you can decide if this is bullish or bearish or not. I think it's bullish. It's mostly people in the gold and silver community who are buying. You know, even gold and silver bugs like us, we still need cash to survive. So we're going to have some of it, but... All you got to do is give us a reason, uh, and believe me, gold and silver bugs are plugged into world events more so than most people are, uh, and, and we'll go on a buying spree. And a move from 18 to 25 is significant. I explained before how just how significant 
that is for the miners. How almost every dollar or two dollars up on the price of silver can be a multiplier effect for these places. Uh, And we know silver always follows gold or moves closely in tandem with it. And I don't really do this myself, but if you were just wanting to do something fun, take a spot gold chart and go to the monthly and tell me your algorithm did not give you a bullish signal either this month or the month prior. I think this would have triggered most of your algorithms to the upside and without going too far ahead which is important too, like a, like a pretty clean signal here. And going back to what I was saying about just the gold bugs buying, you got to understand, this is not the move up we're even waiting for. We're waiting for the institutions to come in and say, ooh, we have too much exposure into cash and banks and things like that. We need to move at least one, maybe 2% of what we have into physical gold. Now, you have all these people who are saying that these fund managers are going to be moving 1% or 2% into Bitcoin and what that's going to do. We've been through this before. Believe me, they're in the business of not losing money. So they are all going to go to gold before they go to Bitcoin. This is the catalyst we are looking for. And what it will do to silver is fairly obvious. Not to mention all the industrial qualities that silver has. Silver is the only metal out there more conductive than copper. And copper is finally getting some press about just how scarce it is. Like we knew this for a very long time. Now the world is slowly starting to find out. And once we really start to run out, they're definitely going to know. Yeah, I've said it before. All of these metals are dwindling in supply. But silver has that double to where it is a key and very, very scarce source of energy and also a store of value. And no other metal, apart from maybe platinum, which we also hold here, can say that. But unlike silver, platinum has done absolutely nothing so far. Silver is moving. And also for perspective, you know, this time is different. So at the 2011 high of silver, you were looking right around $48.50, give or take. And we're sitting at about $25 now. So not quite half, but you know, close enough to it, right? If you look at the silver miners, and I've always said the cheapest silver is in the ground. You want to get a discount. You want to avoid premiums. You got to take a little bit more risk. So this is where I go. Now, if you take the SIL, the Global X Silver Miners ETF, which are going to be typically your top producers. So out of the silver um, mining stocks, these will be your most safe During the 2011 high, the SIL was at $92.61, and the SIL now currently sits at about $31.59, so not quite a third. Should be a half, but it's not. It's a third. Now, I understand you are taking risks. It is a stock, and you know stocks go up and down, and mining companies are typically terrible companies that eat up your capital. Uh, But if you play it safe and or you know what you're doing, you can mitigate this risk a lot. And I already have my safety play by holding physical gold. I don't need to do the same thing with silver. Or do I? More on that in a minute. Uh, But if you feel like you might have missed the bus on gold and silver, um, most people in the industry will say you absolutely have not. And these are people who don't even really have skin in the game. So like Don Durrett, 
who I've mentioned in the past. Um, one of my absolute go-tos when it comes to things like this. He constantly floats the numbers $2,500 gold and $30 silver as uh, the catalyst jumping off points to where really non-gold and silver bug money is going to start entering. And these mining stock markets are not big, so it won't take much before these things really, really start to take off. There's also the thought that um, if we go back to printing money in the United States, that this is going to absolutely springboard gold and Bitcoin into the stratosphere. I personally don't completely agree with that, but the people who are saying this are way, way smarter at macro than I am. I can just see these same people coming up with an excuse later as to why it did go up, but it just didn't go stratospheric like they thought. You know, not that, quote, face-ripping move to the upside, like Mark Isco says. Um, it'd be nice, but, you know, we'll see. Um, now, this, this whole warning, this whole scare, this whole potential downside is something that I'm like, did I see this in a, in a fever dream? I'm like, no, I remember this very vividly. I just haven't been able to find it since. But there was a story that came out early this week on Twitter, and I was dumb enough not to save it. Uh, because I was sure there would be follow-up stories to this or more people posting this, but it never happened. It came from a credible source, you know, somebody I actually follow, not some rando, that Luis Obrador, Mexico's president, was seriously considering nationalizing their silver mines. And for those of you who don't know, the highest concentration of silver in the world is in Mexico. If you have silver mining stocks right now, go check your portfolio and find out how many of those stocks have Mexican exposure. Chances are, it's going to be a lot of them, possibly all of them, and that exposure in Mexico is going to be higher than you probably want it. But in many ways, that's just the cards that were dealt when it comes to silver mining stocks. Now, I had not seen that story since. I could not find a similar story on Google, on YouTube, nowhere. But I remember what I saw. And look, this is not, I mean, if you had that much of the world's silver in one country, why would you not make this move? Keep in mind, Mexico has already nationalized their oil industry. And every time they do this, it's a grand failure for the actual companies, but they still do it. They've done it with oil, and they just recently did it with lithium. Mexico doesn't even have a lot of lithium, but they did it anyway. I mean, imagine the trump card they hold by having such an abnormally high concentration of the world's silver. A metal everybody is going to want and a metal everybody is going to need. So even if I was on LSD at the time and this whole thing got dreamt up, still be very careful and very vigilant if you have exposure here. I have a lot of it. And I'm someone who actually pays attention to diversification of where my jurisdictions are. But with silver, you just can't escape it. My two main positions have a lot of it. My ETF has a lot of it. You know, my junior holding has less of it, but that's one holding and it's a junior. You know, this is very serious stuff. So what I want you to do here is, one, maybe don't fear Mexican exposure so much but uh, because you're really limiting your options here. Like, if, if you really were to look at it, your other top choices are basket cases like Peru and China. Uh, and you do have U.S.-specific stocks out there, but they're very small. So you're having to take on that risk as well. 
Now, if you subscribe to Don Durrett's service, which is still only about $120 a year, you, know, you can easily go to his database and search out stocks that don't have Mexican exposure or who have decreased Mexican exposure. Or you can simply hold physical. Now, like I said, premiums are out the roof. That's true. Uh, but we talked about before the PSLV ETF, which isn't even an ETF. I think it's an ETN because it's more of a trust, um, which is good because they actually have the silver. And you will almost be paying far, far less of a premium by going the paper route. Now, some people are very hardcore, uh, religious, and will not go this route. That's fine. We're not talking to you. I'm simply providing alternate options here for people who want exposure without the risk, or at least with far less of it. To date, there is not a really good digital option that I know of. Uh, they do exist, but they're small, and it's not always direct exposure. You know, you have to do a little bit of research here as well. Um, but my preferred way by far is still stocks. I am not doing anything with the Mexican exposure that I have, but I am ready to move, and I know where I am going to move if something were to happen. And this is the message I am trying to pass on to you. Now, you can either de-risk yourself now, or you can simply have a plan in place if things were to happen to the downside. You're going to lose some money uh, because you won't be the first one to move. But if you can be in that first 10% of silver mining stock holders to make a move, you're probably going to be okay. So you can move into cash. You can move into physical silver if you want to keep your exposure however you want to play it. Remember, none of this is financial advice. I simply point things out and give you options. And by the way, if anybody does come across this story, put it down below in the comments section as well. I looked all morning and I could not find anything. Uh, but again, Mexico has a history of doing things like this, and they are absolutely in the catbird seat when it comes to silver. And this is a powerful card they hold in their hand. But for all of you silver mining stockholders out there, there is reason to be excited, but also reasons to be very cautious and alert. Because the way we survive and not only stay afloat, but survive and prosper and end up on the correct side of the great wealth transfer is by being a little bit crazy, but also making sure, good or bad, that we're more than just a little bit early.